KFGO time. We're coming up on 310. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Actions here on Afternoons Live. You can join us, 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. In Texas, 35270. Eric Johnson producing. It's a pleasure to have with us again. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner from North Dakota State University's Political Science Criminal Justice Department. His two worlds combine uh, tomorrow. Speaking of Minneapolis, it's just fun dedicating three and a half hours of your life to uh, just a total debacle. And <laughs> at least the game that you and I watched together in Arizona at the lake, that was a little bit you know entertaining. Our, our, the same result happened at the end where yeah. our hearts break, but yeah. uh, very Viking-esque for us, isn't oh, very, it? Very much so. Yeah, I, I just I – mean, like you said, like we were talking off air. I mean, you, you almost – you just have to laugh. You know? I did laugh at the end. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. This is so bad that uh, I just, I can't imagine. I just Well, the good news is for you, the, the school you work at now, they won. They took care of business. Yep. Cam Miller is probably the guy. I mean, the way it looks right now. I think so. Well, he, yeah. looked, he looked really good. UND had their hearts broken both uh, football and hockey on Saturday. Your golfers in the team I like to play, I was listening to UND, just a heartbreaking loss football-wise. The Gophers are taking care of business. I'm not sweating in the last two minutes. This is a weird phenomenon being a Gopher fan. Well, and I, I, you know, you can never look back, and and they're wise not to. I mean, fans can, but uh, the Gophers shouldn't. But uh, I just wonder where we'd be in the polls. Of course, I didn't even break the top 25, but... Where would they be but for that Bowling Green loss? They'd be in the top 10. Yeah, I think (laughs) so. I mean, it's just so... Yeah. Aggravating, yeah. but but it, but I'll take it. I mean, if they're if you're going to start winning, win you know, win now, win in the end, and 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 take this all the way through, you know, give them heck to uh, Ohio State if it comes down to that later on. Yeah, hopefully, we, we got to being a Gopher fan. Let's get done with Illinois on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being one on one Jack FM, yeah, just get through Illinois. This is the good point. this is the setup trap game that has haunted us forever. As for being a Gopher football fan, that is for sure. Uh, speaking of the Minneapolis area, tomorrow, a big day. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. I think I said earlier the nation will be watching. I think the world could be watching. I think it's going to go down, I mean, as far as the replacing the police, with, uh, the police department with some type of social uh, public safety type of deal, whatever the heck they want to call it. I don't even really understand it, but but uh, I don't think there's any doubt the nation's going to be watching because yeah. the whole world was focused on it last year, that city. So Sure, sure. And there and, – and- this movement is still alive and well in other urban areas. So, uh, so certainly some of those other uh, cities are going to be watching politicians from those cities are going to be watching, you know, the early indications are that there's a lot of turnout in the, uh, you know, uh, in the early ballots and the, in the absentee ballots. Uh, so there seems to be a lot of energy and interest in this particular, uh, you know, off cycle election here. And, and well, uh, let me interrupt you, yeah. Eric, did you walk by the Hennepin County courthouse? Cause I saw a picture and this happened in 16 too. I drove by on the way back from a Vikings game Yeah, and the early voting there wrapped around the courthouse wow. to go in and, and vote. And I saw a picture of that yesterday. So uh, I, di- I did not see that yesterday. I mean, we were in the neighborhood, but I, I don't, I don't recall seeing the big line there that I, I think I saw the same picture you were talking but about. But an off year election yeah, to yeah. have that, that's something else, yeah, right? It, it'll, yeah, it, it, there's just seems to be a lot of interest and you got to think that that favors uh, the folks that want this to fail. You got to figure that people have, you know, become aware of this issue more and have, have looked into it and, and uh, you know, concerned about it. And, and so they're coming out uh, to, to have their voice heard, but, but who knows? I mean, um, you know, I was always kind of surprised that the council, after sort of already getting a little bit of the 
uh, of the pulse of where the the public was at after some of the intensity had died down. I was surprised that the council doubled down on this effort. You know, well and, that's the question and kept too. Pushing it through court and and uh, so yeah, I mean maybe you know maybe they're aware of a of a larger sentiment in favor of this than I am. What do you think of? I mean, as far as Mayor Fry, is that gonna? Because I don't know if he's in lockstep with everyone there, but he he was kind of on the hey, we got to change everything bandwagon before, but he certainly has done a little bit of a mea culpa on that whole deal. He has. I mean, you know, I don't, I probably wouldn't agree with him on on much with regard to his ideas for police reform, but uh, but he has never been in favor of and and took even some early heat from crowds and from other politicians took took early heat for being pretty clearly on the record that he was against getting rid of the Minneapolis police department. Now, some of that self-serving, the structure that is right now is they answered directly to the mayor. And of mm-hmm. course, that's one of the things that would change with this department of public safety. It would sort of be a, a, you know, a mayor slash city council uh, appointed commission or commissioner uh, with uh, both the council and the mayor having input in how the department is run. As far as, I mean, 200 police officers down, you know, right now in Minneapolis, People are kind of concerned for the safety here more and more. I think what I did I read like the seventy eighth homicide or something in the past year. I mean that's yeah, it's it's it's, it's a frightening. I mean, hey, more than anything, kids caught in the crossfire. You know, hearing about children dying in the streets too. That is not a good look at whatsoever. I no, don't. it's not. And it, yeah, the murders are up. I mean, they're 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 rivaling sort of the the murderapolis days. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, from, from, you know, a couple of decades ago. early 80s yeah, or so, right? it'd be the 80s, early 90s, maybe. Um, you know, the, the Tony Boza era, I think, uh, yeah. or, or before even. Um, and then, um, on top of that, I mean, other violent crimes. I mean, I just saw an article about, you know, six armed, hij- you know, carjackings, you know, in, in quick succession. And it's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is not good. Now, you know, if they keep their, I mean, this is what they're getting right now with a police department, right? I mean, so. Um, an undermanned. An undermanned police, police department, department, to be sure. Yeah, they're down over 200 officers, like you said. But, um, but you know, you you remove, um, I mean, as, as the ballot measure reads, it's like, you know, could have some licensed peace officers if necessary. Uh, I, I think it's necessary based on the numbers right now. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll just see what it, you know, how it plays out. If, if this, if this initiative passes passes um yeah i i don't know how how quickly we're going to see some rapid change in terms of you know police leadership and all those kinds of things talk about the chief as far as his future in a in a new department of public safety and but um i suspect it's going to go down i would think so too it's kind of interesting you mention that too because you have right now i just think that police officers are worn down and i do think 365 days later i think the masses now are understanding a little bit more, right? I mean, it, it was kind of a black or white. Hey, it's it's you know, they're everyone's awful. They're right. everyone's like chauvin. I, I and I shouldn't say that not everyone has felt that way, but I think I think more like you know after the emotions of everything have settled down now that Derek Chauvin has been put in prison, right? I think people are understanding. Okay, we got to understand what cops are doing for us every day, and I think that this vote might be totally different a year ago. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean. This the idea came to life a year ago, right? right. I mean, it, it was so. It, it certainly the the climate has changed. Uh, people are seeing the reality of crime. You know, there there's no getting around it. There are bad people in our communities that want to do us harm, uh, and you need good people that are willing to step up to that. And that sometimes that's going to be a good person with with a gun or with a nightstick or with some sort of, sort of enforcement authority. 
my final thing on this one, as far as just, it's interesting to see now uh, m- many of the major areas with the vaccine mandates and all that. And then you have you know, DeSantis and other Republican governors say, hey, we need police officers down here. That's not a good sign for St. Paul, Minneapolis, Chicago, New York. I mean, what's going on there? Right. Uh, you know, there's no doubt. I'm sure that Miami and the Fort Myers area, Sarasota and Tampa and Orlando, they probably need officers. And, you know, to have a mass exodus exodus in all these metropolitan areas that we're talking about would not be a good thing at all if they don't want to go with this type of uh, mandate. Well, Holy you're cow. right. Yeah, I mean. Because I know a lot of people are doing this. They're taking advantage of it. Just uh, a friend of mine said, I'd be going if it wasn't for my kids still in school. And he yeah. can't bring him with because he's divorced. So it's just one of those things. But Yeah, they're doing things to incentivize, like, you know, giving people credit for their years in service, even in a different pension plan. Wow. And so, I mean. Yeah, that is something that I think some of the, you know, you know, major cities, particularly in the north, need to be mindful of. There's an active effort to recruit police officers to the south and to the southwest. And uh, I mean, you even, you know, and, you know, it's 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 the mandates, but it's also the political climate where, right. where police feel like they're maybe going to be a little bit more appreciated and and supported. And I mean, that is a that is a real thing. There's there, that 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 has some efficacy in people's thinking about about this career as a guy who's voted a lot of democrat how did they lose this union i mean, I mean i'm serious i just what i mean i think that is one of the biggest things that shouldn't have been i think they chose the side of the kind of the emotion of oh, some of these stuff that has happened over the years and i that is that's really bit them in the butt here the past 10 15 years well we've seen it i mean Yes, that's always been sort of the challenge. I mean, the the Republicans have their own sort of unholy alliances as well, but that's always been one of the challenges of the Democrats. They have a number of constituencies that 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 don't naturally coalesce together. Uh, you talk about uh, you know union workers and environmentalists. You talk about yeah the police and fire unions and you know this reform movement against uh, you know sort of the current model of public safety. Um, yeah, this is where you're having constituencies within the party, uh, butting heads. And I guess at some point you're, you know, if you're a Democrat, you have to, you're going to have to choose one or the other. I think, I think those that chose the anti-police, uh, path are, are kind of regretting that decision. Well, now. yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing because you think about, you know, growing up, I mean, Republicans were going against public unions sh- shouldn't exist at right, all for right, a long time. Right. And certainly not uh, any type of uh, public pension funds. And, right. And now, you know, I talked to a lot of law enforcement. They feel like, well, the only side that's sticking up for us right now is Republicans. It's a, you're right. It's an unholy alliance. And they're trying to pick the lesser two evils exactly. or, of what they're trying to do right now. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner. Uh, with us here from North Dakota State University's Political Science Criminal Justice Department, 237 5948 1 800 880 5346. You can text us 3270. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axis here on KFGO. KFGO time. We're coming up on 323. Derek Hansen with you. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us from the Criminal Justice Political Science Department at NDSU, 237-5948. A couple text messages in at 35270. I got a lot of – you were listening as we were talking about climate change coming in, President Biden over, obviously, uh, uh, talking about that. It is uh, – Do you? where do you stand on this as far as – because my, my thing is, hey, we should work. I like the all-above strategy. Let the true competition. Don't put your finger on the scales on it politically with that type of incentive you know, for whatever. And it should work itself out. I think it's an – I don't know why anyone would be against solar. 
no more than I would understand. We still are going to have to use oil for a while. <laughs> so, right. so I, what's your stance on this? Because I think the extremes of this, and I think with the way that President Biden is going on this, where he almost seems like he wants to go pretty extreme on some of this, could really hurt the party I normally vote for, right. not only in the midterms, but certainly in 2024. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'm with you with with the all of the above approach personally, uh, but but obviously fossil fuels are a part of our near and even medium term future. I mean, uh, and and to go to war with them, which is kind of how I would characterize uh, the Biden administration's policies on in a lot of fronts, um, is just not going to be good for the average American or or you know American jobs and American industries. Everything's costing more, and that that just makes things cost more still. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly in favor of, uh, exploring how to do things more environmentally friendly and, and, uh, you know, researching that we have a lot of R and D money that, that goes to that. A lot of companies are doing that. And absolutely. If, if it, you know, when, you know, if solar can be, you know, if solar can generate enough energy more cheaply than, than some other method, that's, that's awesome. And, and right. same with wind and, and, and other, other kinds of approaches, but, and, and even nuclear, you know, we, you know, I think there, it's an odd thing because nuclear is about the cleanest way uh, we have to produce mass Which energy. Which you think when you think of it, because it's such a bad connotation that it's going to blow up the earth for right, right. you know, the Cold War days. Right, but, but all it's re- releasing in the atmosphere is steam, you know? And yeah. so, uh, you know, having that all, all of above uh, approach, uh, but that that hasn't been uh, the Biden administration uh, approach, unless unless the all of above includes uh, enriching OPEC and Russia and China. Well, <laughs> it's, well, and that's the thing, too, is... It, when we have this resource in North Dakota, it's hard to be against it all, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's the thing that has always uh, made me shake my head. Text message comes in, facts and science don't lie. If we don't make a change now, it'll be too late. We all can make simple changes that would help a better caretaker earth. And I think that texture's right. I, the biggest word I have, that simple. Mm-hmm. Let's do with the simple stuff before we get to the big stuff and not make it one or the other. I think that's where I just shake my head because yeah. it, it, it just, it's – not conceivable that we can do it all with one big broad brush tomorrow. Right, right. Well, and and yeah, and I don't know how simple it is. I mean, there's things certainly that people can do at an individual level and and that's great and and that should be encouraged and 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 maybe even some at some level subsidized or supported uh, to incentivize doing, you know, the right thing for the environment. But uh um again, just some of the, you know, the not to mention, I, I think we've got to just start dismissing uh, the histrionics. I, I, I mean, how many times, uh, I think you were touching on this a little bit, but I mean, how many times do people have to be wrong about, you know, a cataclysmic ending coming soon? I mean, what are we, uh, three years into the 12-year end of the earth clock uh, that AOC gave us, and and now she's talking about something else that's going to happen in 16 years? I, I, wait, I thought we were going to be done in nine. Well, that, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Well, it's, this texture is pretty funny. What happened to Acid Rain? Oh, that's right. It went away about the same same time that Jimmy Carter did. So I, mean, <laughs> I remember different strokes. I think Kimberly, she actually washed her hair in natural rain and then it turned green. Remember that one? <laughs> <I do remember laughs> that was yeah. one of those episodes. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think we're close to the same age. We probably both remember growing up reading about how global cooling was going to kill off the earth. And, yeah. You know, I didn't know how that could, you know, obviously this was a ball of ice at one time and yeah. it kind of went the other way. Well, and another texture brings up, 
and I think this is the tough part. We're not going to stop flying jets, right? We like to get to places. Air Force One is burning a lot of fuel the last I checked. And same and thing. And so is John Kerry. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's what the texture said, too. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> funny you mentioned that, the same type of same name. But we have to understand that it does look hypocritical on a lot of things if you do that. We just have to understand this is a part of our life. But it's not to say that we shouldn't try to not pollute the earth. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. We just have to be sensible about everything that we're talking about right now. This is Afternoons Live. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axis along with Dr. Jeff Baumgartner from NDSU. All, all your phone calls, your text messages. I got some Supreme Court stuff to talk to about here and I'll tell you why. It won't get too meaty, I promise. Here on KFGO. KFGO time, 3.39. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axis. Eric Johnson producing. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us from the Criminal Justice Political Science Department North Dakota State University. A couple things here. I mean, uh, President Biden at Meet the Press was having kind of the, the polling yesterday. I was catching that. Uh, not good as far as that's concerned, which is I think is a little surprising. And, hey, if NBC is not going to be afraid to point out these poll numbers, I don't know if they'll rebound if they can get this Build Back Better plan. To me, since there's no Republican votes, that's not going to change much. I think if he could have came to some type of compromise with both parties instead of relying on two senators that are pretty moderate, I think he'd have been better off. Are we going to really be able to tell much by what has been, you know, a purple state the last few years? It's kind of turned to a blue state, but Terry McAuliffe, if he, if he doesn't win in Virginia, that's an eye-opening thing for me. What do you say on that, Terry? Well, I think it. I think it would be eye-opening, um, and I think you're right. Virginia is a, you know, is clearly a blue state now, um, and so for him to lose that, when he had been actually a, a governor there before and a fairly popular one, handily won his previous elections, um, yeah, I think that would. I think that would send some shots across the bow of of Democrats, uh, you know, watching this race closely and. Uh, but, you know, I guess the good thing is it's kind of a canary in the coal mine kind of thing. There's an opportunity for Democrats if you're a good thing if you're a Democrat is that, you know, there's a bit of time to adjust to that. Right. I mean, if it turns out that that the messaging that was kind of coming through uh, in in that uh, election, uh, you know, if that do- turns out not to have worked for Terry McAuliffe, then it's, you know, it's time to pivot. It's time to pivot on education, pivot on some public safety issues and uh, pivot on on COVID even. Uh, you know, but there, there's time for them uh, to at least tweak their messaging a little bit to, to maybe, you know, avoid a repeat of Virginia if it does in fact go, uh, you know, uh, read this way what do you think i mean for the moderate voters who are tired of the antics of trump and you know maybe they voted for trump in 16 and didn't vote for they they went to biden 20 and there are a lot of those there's a lot of those a ton of those yeah i think so but maybe are having a little buyer's remorse but still are saying listen i was still tired of trump's thing but i was hoping for something better i hear that a lot i mean i I think that's exactly right it's not it's not a lot of people beating themselves up for having voted the wrong way. It's like, no, we had a crappy choice in their minds. Right. They did the Much best. Much like 16. They, yeah, they did, they did the, exactly, exactly. And they did the best they could with the choice they're given. And they're not mad at themselves. They're probably mad at both parties for giving them such horrible choices. But as it happens now, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of those people now that would be prepared to vote against Biden or his party if the Republicans put up somebody you know, remotely respectable and decent. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about who that will be in three years. Uh, you know, and who knows? I, I don't even think President Biden's going to run then. So right. that we're going to have a whole. That's why I say his party. It, it's yeah. going to hit the reset button on whatever game yeah. we're playing on this. 
But and, and to your point, I think for a lot of people, they wanted some normalcy, so they got to the. Now we're not getting a lot of normalcy, and I think that's what's frustrating because let's face it, people get angry at me when I say this. But we thought with the vaccines and everything that we'd be in a little different situation than we are in COVID. And we're still talking about restrictions and mandates and all that. And that's wearing on people. That's wearing on people who have been vaccinated right. you know, with the booster shot, right. to be quite frank. Right. And, and, and I think that narrative, a year from now, we cannot be talking about COVID-19. We just can't. Yeah. It's, it's going to wear on people, I think, to the point where they just are going to – if we are hearing about these things, I'm telling you, it's going to drive people nuts. That's my – I think that's my number one issue along with the fact that inflation's going on, they can't get stuff, and gas is high and all that. Well, and I think some of these issues are really kind of defying party lines, right? And, and I mean – uh, you, you don't have to look any further than to to watch you know Bill Maher on any given night, and you'll see a very you know left leaning celebrity, uh, but just taking you know taking to the woodshed a, oh, num- a, a, a number of yeah <laughs> I mean a number of uh, you know um, you know sort of popular Democratic positions these days, and he's he's not turning in his Democrat card. He's still a liberal. He doesn't find a lot of value in anything Republicans say, but he's, he's sick to death of the COVID stuff. He's sick to death of the woke stuff. He's sick to, you know, he's just, he's, so I think we're seeing, he sounds he, like me as a liberal yeah. to be quite frank, <laughs> yeah. and I get beat up about it, but, and here's a classic case. Now he didn't say this on Friday night, but I'm saying, so today we've had this news story that's on CBS all day. And it's part of what I call with a very serious situation when it comes to COVID, but over 5 million people have died in the world now. And I look at that, well, okay, you look up, well, 60 million people die a year in the world. And so you're talking about a year and a half what we dealt this thing. So it's 90 million people. And, and, and granted, I mean, 5 million people, I mean, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. No question. But when we're talking about a respiratory disease that turns into pneumonia or whatever, out of 90 million people dying within a year and a half, I mean, that's what, 77% of the people or whatever. I'm not saying that's not significant, something we shouldn't talk about, and probably more people have died in the world, but we have to understand that people do die. Right. So you can throw out that big number, and I get it. It's serious. I've lost loved ones to COVID, and I mean, I, I, and friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's just, it's a constant thing. And I think that's what Mars trying to say more than anything, is we have to understand this is the reality of our morality that that we're, you know, unfortunately people are going to die of things, you know, and sure. I, I mean, that that's to me, I thought that was a little misleading story today. It just, it kind of, that stuff, that that's the stuff that goes over the top. Mm-hmm. Why we can't get this off the news cycle because cases are going, hospitalizations are going down. I follow the CDC website right. almost every day. Right. And, but we got to talk about that. Hey, we're into the flu and cold season. We're in the respiratory disease season in November. That should be a positive news, right, right. news thing. So that's just my, my thing on that. I, I, I get a little, bonkers when we have it it's interesting the supreme court and we you know i mentioned the mandate so i think they i think justice roberts punted on the uh, main decision as far as some of the mandates there i think a few more are coming to the supreme court i want to ask you and i don't want to get into any type of the most controversial thing that you can talk about on the air but i do find it interesting with this texas abortion law coming to the supreme court now because they kind of punted and they, they kicked the can down the road what a month and a half ago on this i right. do believe do they have to make a decision? Because I've been saying for years on this issue, it's been a dangling carrot since the year I was born in 1973. Sure. And it's gotten votes for the Republicans for a long time. The Republicans who have waited for this moment for a very long time, they have the Supreme Court they want. Right. If they don't 
go in favor of Texas on this, is it all for naught? Is it is it proof <laughs> to my thing that this is a dangling carrot? I I mean I it's it's uh you know obviously Republicans have been you know who particularly pro life Republicans have been angling for this for like you said for some for some time generations actually now going going back, um but you know the the interesting thing is that is that one of the things that makes a judge conservative is that they put a lot of value on precedent, right? And and there's huge. And and so but that's been my point. Yeah. So, you know, it's it'll it will be interesting to see uh how this is ever ultimately resolved at the Supreme Court level. There's there's a lot of very established case law and 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 Supreme Court decisions, not just Roe, but uh, plenty of other decisions uh that have, you know, kind of clarified or or you know, uh, allowed certain restrictions and 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 uh, didn't allow others, and so so there's there's quite a bit of law in this already. Uh, it's from the from the court standpoint, it's probably not that pressing uh, that they have to weigh in on this. It's it's really only when you start to get, um, you know, it, it becomes particularly untenable when you start to get multiple appellate court decisions with different positions, so that you have different laws of the land around the country. And uh, and I don't I don't know that we've gotten there yet. We get you know we get a lot of those you know isolated district court decisions that do this or that. Um, but I don't know if from the court standpoint, regardless of whatever one might want to see happen. Uh, but but from the court standpoint, I don't know if, if that if that pressure is sort of overtaken them yet. Where yeah. They, where they have to change where they have to you know speak to this and consider repealing Roe at this point. Yeah. And I don't even think it's repealing Roe because that's not going to happen to what you said. President, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've said that to, I've had arguments about that. And if they do, it's just going to come down to a state's rights thing anyway. I mean, right. you know, President Trump ran on that. and He's pretty clear about that. Right. My thing is, I, I think it's going to be very frustrating for a lot of people I know that have. This has been their issue. Yeah. Every two years they vote on this issue. Right. And if it if. Justice Roberts and Gorsuch or whatever vote with the liberals on this, they're going to freak out. Yeah. I mean, seriously, they're going to be so frustrated. And then I'll be right in saying they're just using this. Why would they want to give this up? You vote for them every time on this issue and this issue alone. Right. And and I've always believed, and for people, I would much rather have this not be in the, the, the politics and the court system, all that. I'd much rather get to the deal of, hey, let's do what we can as a society not to have unplanned pregnancies. Mm -hmm. If anything is going to eliminate this, it's going to be that. Yeah. But instead, we just it, it, there's too much money in it politically for it to go away, unfortunately. I, I think even if the court doesn't doesn't pick it up head on and, and, and look at overturning uh, the Roe decision, uh, it doesn't negate from a conservative standpoint, it doesn't negate the value of having conservative justices because they're going to their judicial philosophy is going to be one that's going to be a little bit more deferential to state law, you know, and, and state, no legislat state legislatures. And 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 that's where some increments have been, you know, some incremental successes have been made at at chipping away from a very expansive view of Roe. And if, if you ever read the Roe decision, I actually teach this in one of my classes, you look at Roe, there's quite a bit of latitude for the states to uh, police, uh, if you will, pregnancies later in the pregnancy, right? And so it's not an unfettered right, even in Roe, right? And yeah. so, but so much case law has been developed and in different different uh, uh, circuits, you have different, you know, different thinking on it. But the point being is that you're still going to get closer to what you want with, with uh, a conservative justice, if that's what you're voting on. But, um, but conservatives, conservatives also have to understand that what makes a justice conservative is that they're very reluctant uh, to overturn precedent. And, uh, um, I mean, that's just sort of in the DNA of a conservative judge is that you, you, you 
you you know you kind of value and respect what the court has said before you, and especially so, when they really look up to that court. Right. I mean, right. you know, anyone who's gone to law school, not everyone, but I mean, a lot of people who got to that far, especially when they become a judge, kind of look at that as, you know, kind of the, the sure. place to be. So for sure. All right. Final break here. We'll wrap up this hour. Dr. Jeff Baumgartner with us. NDSU's criminal justice, political science department, Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axness. This is afternoons live. With us from NDSU's political Science Criminal Justice Department, Eric Johnson producing. If you want to join us here for the final segment, 237-5948. I want to get to this. You mentioned Bill Maher's show, and I watched it on Friday night. And uh, one thing I've noticed, and I caught a little bit of this on Meet the Press yesterday, is, again, the problem that the uh, party I normally vote for has is just kind of wordsmithing. They're not very good at it. And they went from being liberals, which got demonized, nicely done by Republicans for demonizing the word liberal, right, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So they come up with this term progressive, right, which is kind of, hey, we're progressive. That, right. I mean, that's now the, the pro- progressive part of the party has been hijacked from the AOCs and the Omar, right, I mean, and the, and the Bernie Sanders, which was never really the the moderate progressives kind of had this and like hey this is where you should be you're kind of a moderate like us that's not good (laughs) and i know these are little things but you and i like like the wonkiness of politics right and the strategy and the x's and o's of it and i just think that they can't get out of their own way on that type of thing because what is a moderate democrat anymore i mean i can name them on one finger i think on one hand i should say it's just it's not so what what is there beyond a liberal and progressive right now Right. Does that make any sense? What I'm trying to say, I, I, I think they they've hijacked their own terminology to make themselves look left of center, and now the Republicans can use that against them. Well, I mean, they are left of center if you're talking about the AOC. Well, right, but yeah. I mean, the word progressive in the when, when you're when they were running against George W. Bush in 2004, yeah. and and Obama took it over and was, hey, we're not. We're not those weird liberals that you're always talking about. We're progressive. Yeah. And it was like a positive thing. And that's yeah. why people got on the bandwagon in 2008. Now it's a well, totally different thing. Yeah, and I think progressive is kind of a resurrected word. I mean, it was a kind of a turn-of-the-century word, an early uh, 20th century word that uh, that you know, was sort of a populist liberalism, right? And and and. And so I, I think I think some of the some of the the current, um, if you will, far left liberals in the Democratic Party see themselves as carrying a populist banner, like like a Bernie Sanders, who who actually is fairly populist. The irony, though, is that is that others that are sort of in that same wing, like AOC, like uh, uh, Omar, uh, um, you know, they're they're not populist uh, actually. No. I mean, they're, they're very much not in favor of the working class uh, guy or gal that's that, that doesn't seem to be what's driving their agenda at all uh, much of what drives well, I think their agenda they're the working class and and where they live perhaps uh, but mean, not the the working class in let's say michigan on an assembly line right right you uh, know if that makes any sense yeah, that makes sense and and so so i i think i think you're correct when you say that they've kind of hijacked that word because it it actually does a disservice probably to the word progressive but um, and then, the, yeah, you have your classic liberals who used to also, I mean, the liberals like a Bill Maher who used to also consider himself probably classically liberal, uh, For sure. which would be really kind of along the lines of libertarianism. And, and, and uh, you still have some of those in the Democratic Party. But again, a lot of those people are migrating either to the Republicans or to, you know, independents. And, uh, and, and that, that independence, you know, 
movement, I mean, that really could swell. Uh, we, we always wait for a third party or, you know, viable third option. And uh, in these very polarized politics, um, maybe maybe in our lifetime we'll actually see that happen. I think it's going to be four parties in the fact that I think that, you know, the libertarians that we know of who are very, you know, they just will never get along with the liberal libertarians who uh, about taxes. Right, right. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And, and social you know, socialized insurance, you sure, know, the Medi- like that, right. Medicare for all. And, and, and I'm one of the weird people who thinks that gradually getting into Medicare for all wouldn't be a bad deal. And I don't really believe in income tax. So yeah. I don't know where I fit yeah. into anything. <laughs> so when I, yeah. argue, when I agree with Ron Paul people and Ber- Bernie Sanders people at the si- same time, and many times those two would when yeah. they're both in the Senate together, exactly. I guess that's kind of where I fit in. Very interesting. Uh, final thing for you. Text message comes in, talk about uh, inheriting a mess the way Obama did. Uh, I think we would still have the supply, uh, same supply chain issues if Trump weren't still in office. Hard to know. I, I, I don't know if you'd have been able to fix this or not, too. But Yeah, I mean, perhaps. Uh, I mean, a lot of these problems were, you know, a long time in the making. So. Yeah, for sure. Dr. Jeff Bogengartner, thanks so much for your time, as always. Do appreciate it. Derek Hansen in for Tyler Axon. Stick around. The drive is coming up. Chad Hartman's going to join us here on KFGO. I should have learned to 